Remember when Cam Hayward didn't make the Pro Bowl? Ridiculous, right? That's been confirmed how ridiculous that omission was because today, Cam Hayward made first team all pro. That's bigger, that's better, he's better. Cam Hayward is first team all pro. That is great. I'm overjoyed about that. Also making first team all pro from your Stillers, Antonio Brown and David DeCastro. Le'Veon Bell made second team all pro. Antonio Brown was the only unanimous choice in the entire league for first team all pro, which is quite the feather in his cap. Also in the news, there is something called Shaler Palooza at Mr. Small's Theater in March. Can somebody tell me what that is? Are they trying to raise money to buy a few wins for the high school football team? This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. Coming at you till 6 p.m. here on 105.9 to X. If you'd like to talk, dial 412-333-WXDX. If you'd like to tweet, at Mark Madden X. Uh, the Penguins lost at home to Carolina last night, 4-zip. They are not down for the count, not by any means, not with 40 games to go. But last night was a standing eight. That's for sure. Let's not mince words. Right now, the Penguins stink. The Penguins absolutely stink. The Penguins play worse every game, and right now, they are playing like it's the middle of next month. A trade's not going to solve anything. This team just needs to show some pride and yank its head out its ass. They play too complicated. It's all like pulling teeth. And it's all just stupid. Fatigue is a factor, no question, mental and physical. But when you're fatigued, you should simplify. The Penguins will not simplify. It's an endless game of tic-tac-toe. Flicks and tricks, and those lead to turnovers and mistakes. If this is the best Carl Haglin could do, he should retire. I would personally Drive Matt Hunwick back to Toronto. Dominic Simon caught up from the minors, getting his big chance. But he looks absolutely comatose. But no one person or small group of people is to blame. If you put the entire Penguins roster in a burlap sack and beat it with a baseball bat, whoever got a fractured skull would deserve it. These guys won two cups. A lot of them did. I will always respect that. But the way the Penguins are playing is a travesty. And if you made me bet now, I would say no to making the playoffs. They will not. Because this crap shows no sign of getting better. Any light at the end of a tunnel is an oncoming train. That number again, 412 9939 is the number to call. I will only marginally be paying attention throughout today's show because Liverpool are playing Everton, the Merseyside Derby, in the FA Cup. Nil-nil uh, after 10 minutes at Anfield. Regarding the Penguins, you know where it would be a good place to start to, to make it better? The defense doesn't have to join 
every rush and then get caught up ice every time after. Don't tell me it's your style right now. Right now, your style isn't working. But after the game, Mike Sullivan, the coach, he said the defense aren't joining the rush enough. To which I can only add, wow. Uh, I don't think Sullivan will change his system no matter what. And I can't blame him. It's worked pretty well for a pretty long time. But Sully likes to play fast, and maybe the Penguins are too fatigued to play fast. This whole story is amazing. How do you go from that good to this bad? Actually, I have an idea. So be listening at 4 p.m. ESPN.com published a story today about the New England Patriots that was supposed to just tear the Patriots apart uh, upon publication. But I read it, and the conflict described within struck me as very minor. Belichick threw Brady's personal trainer off the premises. Okay. Brady wants to play forever. Okay. Everybody wants primary credit for the dynasty, whether it's Brady, Belichick, or Kraft. Okay. The only thing that struck me as a bit extreme was it's implied heavily that Brady insisted Garoppolo get traded, I guess because he didn't want to look over his shoulder en route to playing forever. It also points out that uh, Brady didn't mentor Garoppolo, just like Montana didn't mentor Young, and Favre didn't mentor Rodgers. Okay. But mostly, it was a non-story. It's not going to blow the Patriots up. Not now. In fact, they might even rally around it. Eventually, Brady is going to quit, or maybe finish his career with another team. Hey, Montana did. Name it did. Unitas did. Maybe Brady will, too. What's the big deal? And eventually, Belichick will retire. Everybody retires or dies. You think that's conflict? You think that's drama? The Steelers got conflict. The Steelers got drama. At least nobody in New England got his hip shattered or his bike stolen. The Homer Pats media in Boston got to love this. It's another chapter of the Pats against the world, and those jamokes get to yank it and crank it. Uh, it's a Steelers off week, the bye. Here's some good news. Ryan Shazier's father says that Ryan is starting to regain feeling in his legs. Uh, let's hope that progress continues. The Oakland Raiders still have an officially named John Gruden as coach. That's Tuesday, I hear. Gruden is going to work a playoff game on TV this weekend, Tennessee and Kansas City. Some people are citing that as a conflict of interest because Kansas City plays in the Raiders' division. That's like a crock. What impact can Gruden have from the booth uh, this weekend, especially as it affects next season? People are just screwed up as witnessed by the Raiders being under fire because they just want to hire Gruden, and they are making a mockery of the Rooney rule because any black coach they interview will just be a token interview. Well, yeah, 
Oh, by the way, when you say making a mockery, it must be said with great gravitas, as in making a mockery. Anyway, the Raiders want Gruden. That's their right to employ who they want. If they interview a black guy, hey, requirement fulfilled. But it sounds now like people want the Rooney rule to be you got to hire a black coach. And that's okay by me. All black coaches from now on, every vacancy, but spell it out. Gruden is getting a 10-year contract, reportedly, a 10-year contract worth $100 million. Believe me, that is not a good idea to give any coach in any sport a 10-year contract. Not a good idea. Here is some huge news. The Pittsburgh Riverhound Soccer Club has signed Pulisic. Wow. Oh, wait, it's not Christian Pulisic, the world-class 19-year-old national team kid from Hershey who plays in Germany's top flight. The Hound signed his dad, Mark, as an assistant coach. Hey, you take what you can get. Up next, it's the best football talking time in studio. All-time Steelers great Craig Wolfley. I'm Mark Madden on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing? We're all going to rock to the rules I make. Double M, big fan. How you like it now, bitch? DX at 105.9. Joining me now in studio, the all-time Steeler great on the offensive line. You can hear him on the sidelines during Steeler broadcasts on DVE. It's Craig Wolfley. Wolf, we got the bye week. How big is rust the factor, and how big is rest the factor? I think rust is the bigger factor over rust because rust right now, guys have been playing for so long, it's grooved. They got things going. It's already downloaded into your CNS and part of it. For the guys that have been playing a lot, this is a time to be able to get a lot of those aches and pains, get them on a lower level, and kind of rejuvenate and rest and get yourself ready for the short sprint here. You're talking about three games coming up. Three games, that's what you're looking for. So to me, this is just a great reward for having a great season, being able to bypass that wild card and be able to move on to the second round of the playoffs. I I think so, too. I don't think anybody forgets how to play football in in the bye week. And here's how I uh, look at it more so. You can't get eliminated when you don't play, and you can't get hurt when you don't play. Right. No question about it. Now, I will say this. It's a matter of perspective that you look at it. Because if you go back to 05, and you remember the, the, the war cry back then. It was like, okay, we're playing our best football at the end of the year. They won four straight, and they were going to the wild card. Right. And, and so you've got to make yourself believe this is good. So you're going to take that well, sort of but, but attitude. Wasn't that a little different, Wolf? Because i got to tell you, back then, the team did rally late and start playing really great football, stuck into the playoffs. Right. But this year... I'm not sure there's been bad football or good football. There's just been football, and the Steelers have been pretty consistent uh, in terms of quality all year. Ever since Jacksonville, yes. Jacksonville and Chicago, those were the anomalies, really, of the whole season. They've got themselves going. They, they're where they need to be. What I, my, the point I'm making is that you will come to grip uh, and, and rip with the, the very thing that you got because you've got to spin it to yourself. You know, whether we, we barely got in one year, I think it was a strike year, and uh, we got into the playoffs just barely in. And it was one of those things where, like, okay, well, we don't want to back into the playoffs, but if we do, you, you're there and we, you, you make it work for you. Right. Look on the bright side. Yeah, exactly. We, we could be out. <laughs> That's uh, it. 
You know, the Steelers went 13-3 and despite a lot of distractions this year. Are they just immune to distraction? Did they thrive in chaos this season? They essentially did. If you go back and, and look week by week or every other week, the sort of things that were always hitting the Steelers right between the eyes with. And I think that speaks of two things. Great leadership from uh, Mike Tomlin and great senior leadership from great senior players. And I think that speaks to guys like Ben and, and uh, you know, Will Gay and, and other Cam Hayward, the people that really, you know, uh, are, are able to bring guys along and keep guys focused, keep your groups. I mean, you have got to have locker room leaders, and those locker room leaders are guys that are able to help mollify whatever kind of waves get thrown at you throughout the season. Now, we've got to talk about that win over Cleveland in Week 17, which I find very entertaining. As we talked about last week, I like seeing guys who don't play much get their right. shot. And at the top of that list, Landry Jones had a very good game, didn't he? Oh, he did. And I, I essentially I expected it from him. I've always thought, uh, ever since Landry completed the, um, as I think Mike Tomlin said, he, he had the most snaps ever in a preseason, in the history of preseasons. Uh, he's really increased and gotten better the last couple of years. He's been terrific. Early on, he had trouble. I understand that, but he has really come on and really shown himself to be a worthy, capable number two, and uh, he may be a successor. We'll see, but he well, did well, well. In that vein, when Ben retires, and hopefully no time soon, right? but when Ben retires, could Jones step in and start while the Steelers groom whoever is the long-term guy? I have no doubts that he's he's, he's starter capable. You Do you know? think that's the plan? It's the possibility. It all depends on what the conversation is between Ben and Tom, and Mike Tomlin. You know, I mean, the, the the inner conversation of how long does he plan on playing? We don't know. I mean, there's a scenario you could write this year and say, well, if, you know, if you go end up going to um, uh, Foxborough and you whip and slay the Brady Dragon in Foxborough and win a Super Bowl, you know, does it get any better? Maybe you just want to ride off in the sunset. Or do you want to be the guy that, that ties Bradshaw and gets, uh, you know, four Super Bowl rings? You have a window here. There's a window of opportunity for Ben, so it's really a, a whatever he wants to do. I think if Ben would retire at the end of this year, though, Landry would start next year. Oh, no question. Think? No question. I believe he would, yes. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster had a great game, and that begs the question, can he be a number one receiver in the NFL? Obviously, Antonio Brown is that for the Steelers this second, but could Juju's time come in that regard? I think he could. There's no question because you look at he and, and Antonio Brown, and they're very similar in their makeups. It's not like Antonio Brown's a 4-2 guy. I mean, he's simply a guy who puts all the things together. And when you got a guy like Juju who is also – one thing he does that, that A.B. doesn't do as well is block. And he's capable – now, I would say he's number one capable if if A.B. is not around <laughs> You know, well, right. I mean, that's 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 facing right. Nobody's just, rooting for that just this right, second. Right, right, exactly. So, but he has proven himself to be a sharp guy. And here's the thing that I like about him: he's got a little bit of that Lynn Swan, that sort of um, how do I put it? Uh, you, it's one thing to score a touchdown when you're down thirty-five to seven, or you're up twenty-eight to seven. It's another thing when he has a sense of the occasion. Y- thank you. He has that yes. clutch gene. Yes, I mean whether it's a sixty-nine-yard catch and run against the Patriots to put the Steelers in position to win, it's the ninety-seven-yarder against Detroit when things are getting uncomfortable, or you know it's a it's the Brownies just tied it up twenty-one all, and you take the kickoff back for a touchdown. Uh, that sense of timing is. It's God-given, man. How about the Steelers setting a single-season sack record? And we've been talking about the pass rush all year, Wolf. But that's a nice exclamation point for those guys, isn't it? Oh, it is. 
There's no question about it for Keith Butler. This is what you wanted. You want to get primarily uh, a pass rush where you can get the four guys down up front getting the job done. And and the fact is, your your greatest contributors were the two three technique guys. When you play the sub package football, you got Cam Hayward, you got Stephon Tua, you got the Tyson Alulu. So you've got some guys on the inside, Javon Hargrave, there contributing. Get twenty three sacks coming. I mean. The day and age of the Joey Porter, Clark Hagans, or the uh, Lamar Woodley and uh, uh, James Harrison, you know, getting 20, right, right, 25 sacks. That pure sacks. edge rusher being right. the, the be-all and end-all of the rush. Right. That's over. Yeah, that's that's over right now. You're talking about the fact that the inside guys contributed 23 sacks and the outside guys, uh, linebackers, contributed 17. And that's something that we haven't seen in a long time around here, probably since the days of Joe Green. We're talking to Craig Wolfley. Wolf brought to you by 84 Lumber. Uh I feel bad for B.J. Finney because he got hurt in the middle of a start and playing a pretty good game. And then I felt bad for Chris Hubbard because he had to step in at center, never really played it, and he was rifling those shotgun snaps all over the place, wasn't he? He looked he was poor hubs. I you know, I, I, I can I, I know how he felt because I've never played center. You know, and I thought if, he did a snap here and there because no, of injury. I never did. I always thought I'd be the guy. When Webby left, I thought, you know, you go from guard, you go to the slower spot. Which you don't was go a tradition to, here, too. Yeah. you Put me at Webby center. Webby and dirt. Yeah, there you go. But I got shoved out the tackle when the tackles. I was like the tallest guard. I mean, what's the point? Okay? I mean, they're really. So, you know, I understand Hubs. He, he, the guy's been playing, uh, you know, tackle all year, been playing great, been playing guard, and, and then tight end, and then all of a sudden you got to go in, and that's he did have trouble with the snap. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if a large part of it was cold. You know, when you you got cold hands and you're not familiar with snapping the ball and the shotgun, that can be problematic. So I think that was a, a tough moment for him. But I'll tell you what, that young man's going to go on and make himself a boatload of money somewhere because he has really been a – key performer this year. Oh, I think so, too. Him and Finney both. Now, what do you hear about Finney and Antonio Brown and their recovery from injury? And what about Ponce, who hasn't been hurt per se, but it's been banged up a bit? Banged up a little bit. You know, you saw he got the, uh, the little bit of hip thing going on. Is, uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's a, something that the Pouncey twins got, because I know Mike had... Oh, that's true. Yeah, Mike had a little bit of hip action, so maybe Marquise had to suffer it, too. That's just one twin-to-twin thing. But I, I think he'll be fine. He's a tough guy. He's a tough hombre. He'll be fine. I think B.J. Finney, you can't count him out. If it was this game a game this weekend, maybe uh, he might have to be on the shelf, but I think he'll be back he'll be fine and a b i mean rumors were coming out he was catching the jugs gun the other day so if he's doing that already i think he's a guy that'd be lining up and getting ready to go come the playoff game uh which upset is most likely in the wild card round this weekend wolf tennessee over kansas city or buffalo over jacksonville and let me just preface by saying i believe in neither underdog very much right right i got you look if sean mccoy you gotta be pulling for buffalo though your hometown yeah i mean i was excited that's hey man that's a been a long drought you know 19 years i believe it is something of that that sort and so for the uh, hometown buffalo bills fans i know that they're all excited but i do believe that jacksonville's got the defense that can make life miserable for him Lashawn mccoy can't can't play um, or if he has to play like at seventy percent, yeah, that he's and he's just not he he can't get it done at seventy percent. It's not like he can well not against them. Away. Yeah, I mean that's the defense is a terror. You, you know? know, I I I like upsets, but I got to be honest, I don't want Buffalo to pull the upset because if Buffalo pulls the upset, they automatically go to New England, right? And they just be cannon fodder for yeah. New England as yeah. they usually are, right? 
Now, if you look and see Jacksonville, I think Jacksonville gets the win. I also think Kansas City is capable. Uh, they're on a four-game win streak. You know, I think that they've righted the ship from some of the ills that yeah, they had. Yeah, very much so. They figured out, uh, I'm not saying they're playing different, but they seem to have regained composure. I think when they lost, what was it, six out of seven? Yes. I, I thought the, the wheels fell off emotionally for just a little bit, but now they're back on. Well, I think defensively they had issues. They couldn't stop the run. And I think three of the last four games, they held teams under 100 yards rushing, and I think they did a good job of tackling. And that's where really where I think the Steelers put it to them. I mean, that's when the Steelers were, you know, they went into Arrowhead, and they were 5-0, and oh, and everyone's talking about the, the Chiefs, and they went in and they ran the ball in a hostile stadium on a silent count and beat the, the Chiefs up pretty good physically, I thought. And I think other teams started to take it to them on the, on the running game too. So um, I, I like the Chiefs. I think that Andy Reid, Mike Malarkey, I love Malarkey. He was a teammate, um, but it's his first go in the playoffs as a head coach. And Andy Reid is a guy that uh, does very, very well. Well, I'm rooting for Kansas City to play New England because I want rock, paper, scissors. Right. New, New England beats Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh beats Kansas City. Kansas City beats New England. I definitely want to want to test that out in the postseason. <laughs> now, the Steelers really want to play Jacksonville, don't they? Uh, usually you don't say that out loud, but some have uh, because the Jags obviously beat them in Week 5. Even Ben said he wants to play Jacksonville. I think, you know, it's... And, and, and Tunch and I were arguing about this. Uh, I said, oh, it's a reckoning. And then he said, well, what do you think's more of a reckoning? Uh, would that be Brady in Foxborough beating him there? Or is it revenge? And yeah, it's revenge. This is Jacksonville is revenge. This is what, you know, great quarterbacks like Ben, a five interception, uh, two pick sixes uh, performance. That's not him. And that's something that's going to stick in his craw until he writes it. And I think having a, getting a pound of flesh, that being getting Jacksonville back up here and being able to really put it on them and do the job that I think that they're very capable of doing. Because you remember, they got on a roll after that game. I mean, Ben just said, okay, let's giddy well, up. Well, yeah, in that vein, Ben especially. Yes. Because he rallied himself, rallied the troops, five interceptions in that one game. But only seven since then, and that's against 22 touchdown passes. That's amazing. And that shows you what he's fully capable of doing yet at this age, even though he is, what, 34, 35. Uh, he's still capable of, of leading the way and putting this team on its back and on his back and, and taking it to him, uh, carrying him, you know, and getting him to the promised land in whatever game. You remember, Indianapolis came back. It was a slow start. Came in at halftime, had to reload, comes out and did a great job in the second half. And that's what. You know, that's what you, a franchise quarterback does. You, even no matter how bad you think things are going, uh, he's able at any time to pull it together and bail your fannies out of the fire. Now, here's something we were chatting about off the air that was it's pretty funny stuff. Cam Hayward didn't make the Pro Bowl. Right. But he made first-team All-Pro, which is a much bigger honor. Yes. How the heck does that happen? You know, that it's like you said, uh, it, it has to do with who's voting and so forth in the audience. But the the fact is, I mean, it's for Cam, it's at least got to be a consolation for having such a great year to be a guy Can that, I interrupt uh, for a second, Wolf? Oh, yes. James Milner from the spot, 1-0 Liverpool. <laughs> I love the 1-0. I love nil. Nil-nil. <laughs> I couldn't believe the first time I heard an announcer go, it's nil-nil. I'm going, what is that? You know what's what funny? It's actually pretty stupid. You get used to saying it. Really? I'll, I'll say it like, like I'll be, I'll be like talking uh, during a Penguin game. Right. And like last night, I'm in the press box. We're down four zip to Carolina. I'm thinking, ah, oh, four nil. This is terrible. <laughs> then I'm like saying to myself, what, what do you mean four nil? No. What, you know, 
but 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 yeah, it, it is catch. But anyway, Cam Hayward. It beats uh, tennis where you go talk about love. love yeah. yeah, okay. Well, Van Halen ain't talking about love. Uh, but Cam Hayward, very deserving. Yes. I, I couldn't be happier after the snub uh, for the Pro Bowl. I, I very rarely get mad about about you know honors right. that people vote for. Right. Like Mario Lemieux once said, "I judge myself by scoring titles and Stanley Cups because nobody votes on those." But I think with Cam having a breakthrough year. He deserves this All-Pro. There's no question about it. He's been the unquestioned leader of that defense for a couple of years now, and you saw how much they meant. He meant to them when he wasn't in there last year. You know, after he had the pec injury, and this year putting in a full year, twelve sacks, twelve sacks coming from that inner inside pass rush, and rushing. playing more interior than before, oh, according much to more. all accounts, right? Yes, all by all accounts, playing more. So that is a rougher, tougher place to be if you're going to get sacks, and that's certainly what you need because that's the only way. If you look ahead to if everybody holds serve, that you know the rematch with the the, the Patriots, that's where the pressure's got to be up the middle. And then DeCastro and A.B. make uh, uh, first team. A.B., the only unanimous selection in the league. Bell make it second team. Let's talk about DeCastro for a second because there was a time when I thought his play wasn't terrible, but it slipped just a little bit. Are you talking this year or? uh, No, maybe early this year and in the middle of last year primarily. And then this year, I think he started off not bad, but maybe just mediocre. But he really picked it up and and became a very worthy first team All Pro. No question about it. Is that about the timetable you see? I, I would say I'd say you're pretty pretty right on. Look, there, there's times when you go through those fluctuations in the in the during the season and your play. Sometimes you might uh, regress a little bit and and then advance and later on. He's been pretty consistent though as a as a top level guy because of the fact he's had so many. I mean, he's had consecutive starts. I mean, he was yeah. a number of them, and uh, I think. Uh, the way he plays, though, because he's he's a punisher, too. Oh, he is. He's a punisher, and he gets out and runs on the trap. I think he does a great job. Um, I I see him as being a guy that he's he's much like Alan Fanica. I mean, to see him, uh, once you see Big Red and then you see Dave DeCastro, my goodness, I mean, that is really, to have uh, two guys come along like that in the same era, that's a a rarity. And Dave DeCastro, the one thing about him, he's equally good at pass protection as he is at run blocking. And I think he is uh, truly worthy of that first-team All-Pro. Well, that's a great segue by you, Wolf, because Alan Fanick is a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Again, and he's got to get in, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you especially, one of the hogs, one of the brothers, you know how good he was. No question about it. I mean, there are legendary hits I could take you through. Steve Corson's hit on Reggie Williams, the outside linebacker, the of the Bengals back in the day when uh, he he knocked them for a loop. Uh, Alan Fanick, I can sit here and tell you, two of the best hits I ever saw. One was against the Cincinnati Bengals also, and he hit a guy helmet to helmet. Such a crushing hit. The the blow drove the Bengals guy, the, the helmet, straight up in the air like a zit popping off your nose. I mean, it probably went four feet up in the air, straight in the air. It was amazing. Another time I saw him run over a guy in the open field. He hit the guy coming up, under and up, with such velocity, lifted the guy up. The guy went into a backward roll, and as he came up, he actually rolled over and stood up, and Allen just kept running. He ran over him again, twice. He ran over the same guy twice. Well, you, you make a really valid comparison between Allen and Castro, and I don't say that lightly either, because I think, you know, Al, it might be the greatest guard ever. Could uh, well and, be. And the one thing about both of them is the, the mobility. Yes. And as, as mobile as DeCastro is, 
I've never seen a guard move better than Al Fanica. Well, one of the funny things I saw, a highlight film of him against Buffalo leading the way. I think Willie Parker was running. But he literally did a spin as he's, there's a guy coming in, he spun around. He did a 360. And I'm not even sure why he did the 360 other than the show. This man's got some dance moves or he's got some (laughs) great sweet feet because it was a great, Great thing for to see a 300-pounder at full speed pull off a 360. It's almost as good as watching A.B. against Miami go yard and then do a, a forward front flip and stick the landing. I mean, for a fat guy like me, that's a 360 sideways. That's worthy of a front flip. Well, and now, now I always what about 180. Oh, yeah, he's under 200 pounds. He runs marathons. He bikes all that crazy stuff. I asked him. I said, what are you doing, man? I said, that, that's like breaking every law of hogdom. You know, uh, on the on the negative side of the coin, Heinz Ward did not make the finals. He might have a tougher time because when you're in the trenches, they judge you by what they saw. Yeah, when you're a skilled guy, they judge you by the numbers, and there are just so many guys with numbers that that that, that dwarf Heinz because the game changed so much. And he got a little bit of benefit from that, but but boy, it's really gone pass happy. Well, there's no question about it. The game has evolved more and more into a pass happy game, and so you've got to have the stats to back you up. It's going to take some time. The one thing Hines has got going for him is he changed the game. I mean, they literally had to rewrite the rule book for him. Tough yes. guy. And anytime you change the game, um, it says something about you that uh, you know what. Yeah, there's something special about you, and so I think eventually, and especially once you get over this, I think it this, might take a while. It's it's going to take a while. It took a while for some other guys, um, you know, some other wide receivers, even though they got the stats. Uh, it takes a while. I mean, look, Terrell Owens is still out there. Yeah, you know, and, that's, that's for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, too. I got gotcha. you. Sure agree with that. Oh, right? I understand. It's about his attitude and what he's done. Well, I mean, I get he was a jerk. I called him a jerk on this program for like 15 years nonstop. Right. But I'd still want him on my team. <laughs> he, there's no doubt. No doubt, but you know what? Hines uh, has got to also face the uh, you know the, the the Steelers bias, you know anti Steelers bias. Do you think there is that? Oh, there's no question. Why hey, do you think that is? I think because Ed Bouchette so has always many. done a good job. Oh, he's a great you know great campaigning. Guy. Yeah, absolutely, but I think there's 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 people out there that just go, come on. You know, you're going to put a whole wing in for the Steelers. But look, I will tell you this. I was a guest speaker. Pretty good football team. Yes. I was a guest speaker at Canton when they rented somebody, a company rented out the hall. So it was shut down to the public. I was in the, the, uh, bus room all by myself. You know what? John Madden was right. Those bus heads, they talk to each other. I heard them. (laughs) I heard them myself. That is Craig Wolfley brought to you by 84 Lumber. I'm Mark Madden. You're listening to 1059 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, how you doing? Good. Mace is always a component of any nice day. Thank you for making my day. Yeah, what you said. The X at 105.9. Uh, thanks to Craig Wolfley, as always, for joining me. Uh, I think that's the best football talk to be heard on radio in this town. Uh, I really am overjoyed that Cam Hayward made first-team All-Pro after being snubbed for the Pro Bowl. Uh, I thought Cam had a breakthrough season. He's a great leader, a great guy, a great stealer. Again, I'm simply over the moon about that. And full credit to Tony Brown because to be the only guy that's a unanimous pick for first-team All-Pro, that really is a big-time accomplishment. 412-333-9939. Uh, I put the Penguins' problems very succinctly earlier in the show. Get your head out of your ass and 
start playing better hockey. Penguins play at the Islanders tonight. You can hear all the action right here on the X. But I still think fatigue has an awful lot to do with the Penguins' decline. Uh, Fatigue both mental and physical. Uh, When you bitch about the Penguins' problems, consider this quote from The Game, a book written by the former goaltender Ken Dryden, maybe the best goalie ever. He wrote a diary of the 1978-79 season when Dryden's Montreal team was three-time defending Stanley Cup champion. Uh, And I quote, In the fourth season after three Stanley Cups, a team has changed. Sated by success, we have different expectations, and the motivation and feelings we get from a game have changed with them. Joy becomes obligation, satisfaction turns to relief, and the purpose of winning becomes less to win and more not to lose, unquote. So there you go. That's right on the money uh, regarding what the Penguins are experiencing. But maybe this season will yet have a happy ending here in Pittsburgh because the Canadians did win a fourth straight Stanley Cup in 1979. Uh, Here's some Yarmer Yager news. Something's going on with Yager in Calgary. Uh, I haven't haven't looked for an update on this in, in a few minutes. Pardon me while I do a search on Twitter. But uh, Yager has one goal and six helpers in 22 games. He's been hurt a lot. Let's face it, Yarmer Yager is finally done. I'm told the Flames want Yarmer Yager to retire. But Yager doesn't want to. The Flames don't want to cut him because some fans might get pissed. You're cutting uh, the number two scorer of all time. Playing at age 45 is a great story, and perhaps most uh, presciently, Yarmer Yager is their best-selling jersey. More than Johnny Hockey, Gaudreau, their best-selling jersey. So this doesn't sound like it's going to end well. And no, the Penguins don't want him. And no, the Penguins shouldn't get him. Apparently all that was announced is that he remains day-to-day with a lower body injury. You know, if Yags does get cut or retire from the NHL, he's not done playing. He's going to play in Russia at the KHL. Or perhaps he'll go play in his hometown, uh, his home country league in Czech. You know, if he if he leaves the NHL, he could play in the Olympics. But I bet the Czechs don't want him. The guy's forty five. It's time to go home. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. In just a moment, we'll talk about some of the things Sid said after the game last night, and we got some more Todd Haley news as well. We will always have more Todd Haley news. 1059X. Moving part. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey. Hey, what's going on, Mark? Hi. Super genius. It's a good buddy. Ask shit, folks. Ask your VW. Woo! The X at 1059. Crosby wasn't happy last night uh, after the Penguins lost four zip to Carolina. How could he be? That was just. 
a travesty. He talked about a lack of emotion on the part of the team and said how the Penguins played simply wasn't good enough. And he's right. Uh, Sid isn't often blunt, but he certainly was after that 4-0 debacle against Carolina. Uh, Here's the Todd Haley news. Todd says that what happened at Tequila Cowboy wasn't his fault and that it is a non-issue with the Steelers. I believe the latter, but maybe not the former. Well, okay, maybe it wasn't Todd's fault, but it was his wife's fault. At any rate, it's kind of surprising a clearer picture of what happened hasn't emerged uh, via video or eyewitness account. But you know what? I don't care. It was amusing to briefly talk about and just a reminder that Todd Haley's a jerk. That's no secret, but regarding what happened to Keela Cowboy, I don't care. Okay, this is funny. Uh, the Delta gate agent went on the intercom at the gate at Buffalo to have everyone cheer for Jim Kelly the next gate over. Except it wasn't Jim Kelly, it was actually Bill Cowan. Wonder if Bill was amused by that or pissed off. Because as Bill Cower himself would say, it's a fine line. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Tegan Presley was in my studio today. It is she with whom I am totally smitten. She looks unbelievable. She's back doing porn. And she's at Cheerleaders tonight. Uh, the podcast I did, a lengthy interview with Tegan, can be heard now. Just go to the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. I'm going to be at the Pittsburgh Hockey Expo tomorrow from 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. That's at the Epiphany Church, located right next to PPG Paints Arena. I will be autographing pictures. Can't imagine why you'd want one, but if you do, you can have one. I will be selling flyer troll shirts for the last time. When these go, I'm done. I got all three models, including an updated one to include Pittsburgh's 2017 Stanley Cup. I got wrestling t-shirts, Four Horsemen and NWO, and all proceeds from my sales benefit the Mario Lemieux Foundation. And uh, you can see great displays of memorabilia and game-used jerseys, sticks, and equipment also appearing, clearly getting second billing to me, former Penguins Tyler Kennedy and the loquacious, always effervescent Colby Armstrong. That's tomorrow. Oh, geez. I have such indigestion today. It's incredible. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, you know, that's what the Howard Stern got right. He belches and yawns and sneezes and coughs on air. It's a bodily function. Just go ahead and do it. That's the Pittsburgh Hockey Expo. I'll be there tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Epiphany Church right next to PPG Paints Arena. Let's go to Mason from McKeesport making his weekly prediction. Mason, were you right or wrong last week? I forget. I think I think you said Cleveland would cover, so you were right, correct? Yeah. Well, there you go. What do you got this week? Real quick. Um, I'm taking a put the building jazz game. 43 to 7 dead and on Chiefs game. I'm taking 
the Chiefs to win 24 to 7. So the Chiefs cover and the Jags cover, both favorites cover. Yes. Now, Mason, do you ever actually bet on the games yourself? Um, it depends. I'd forgotten you're from a keysport. Thank you for the call, Mason. Let's go to Aaron in the car. Aaron, very quickly. You're on the Mark Madden Show. What's up, Mark? Uh, what up? Just uh, curious, uh, what's your Super Bowl prediction? A little early for that. Thanks for the call. My God, talk about cliche talk radio. In 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why we shouldn't be that surprised the Penguins are having a down year today. Because there is precedent. 105.9 The X.